You eat when you're not hungry, you feel guilty, and you think you're doing it all wrong. You vow not to do this next time, but next time always happens. Tune in to discover why you eat when you're not hungry and why this may not be such a bad thing. Dare I even ask, could it be even helping you? Welcome to the Love Your Food, Love Yourself, Love Your Life podcast. I am Tammy, your fun-loving and often quirky host. I have been a dietitian for close to 20 years where I've helped countless women transform not only their relationship with food, but more importantly themselves. I believe to my core that as you start peeling back the layers to loving your food and yourself, you end up loving your life like never before. And now is the time, my friend. It is time to break up with diet culture, shift your current stories, rev up your internal wisdom, and recognize that every body, regardless of size, not only deserves dignity and respect, but can be healthy because your habits and how you love on yourself is truly what matters. In this podcast, we have real conversations about struggles, insecurities, and false beliefs with loving ourselves and each other through the lens of curiosity, anti-judgment, intuitive eating, spirituality, journaling, and a heaping dose of laughter, maybe some tears, but always a whole lot of realness. Hey friends, it's Tammy Lance here today, and I have my good friend Beth Basham here with me today. And we are going to be talking about three reasons why you eat when you're hungry. We are talking about this episode because I think I could be a millionaire if I could just get paid every single time somebody said to me, if I could just not eat when I'm hungry, I would finally be okay. Or some version of that. Would you like to add on to that? What kind of things do you hear, Beth, when people are talking about this topic? Oh, yeah. I think you pinned the tail on the donkey, so to speak, in terms of becoming a millionaire, if we could just solve this problem for people. But the reality is, is that it comes up a lot in our uh, with our clients and our coaching calls uh, with clients that they think that that's, food is the problem, right? And they just, if they can figure out the food and they can figure out how to just eat when they're hungry and stop when they're full, if they just become that type of eater, then all of their problems will be solved. Yeah. It's almost like if I could just be a robot with eating, then I could finally be healthy. If I could just be that robot with eating, then I could finally have the body. If I could just be the robot with eating, I would finally be happy about how I'm eating because there's a lot of guilt and shame and worry that comes with this feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm eating too much. Why do I keep eating too much? And I want to first just really kind of honor that and say, you know, I hear you and I see you for those of you who are listening because gosh, so many people experience this and it's very, very normal. So today, Beth and I would like to really just walk through a few reasons why this could be coming up for you in order for you to draw some insight into maybe your own eating experiences and really be able to break away from this thinking that you're meant to be kind of a, a robot with eating, you know, just eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, be just, you know, in this little box of eating, if you could say. Yeah. Cause the reality, Tammy, is that we eat for a lot of different reasons. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And we're going to offer this insight that 
wow, maybe eating when we're hungry and stopping when we're full, when we are full is not the solution. And in fact, there's something else we could be doing. Yeah. So we like to break this down. And first and foremost, I want to kind of talk about the potential elephant in the room, which is talking about how we as humans can eat for our emotions. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have definitely been there where I've just thought, I'm just eating because I'm stressed. I'm just eating because I'm this emotion. I'm just eating because of that. And here's the thing is we do eat to soothe our emotions. And we have historically said that this is a bad thing. You know, we're not supposed to eat when we're emotions. In fact, as humans, for some reason, we've thought we're not supposed to have emotions. We're not supposed to be anything but happy. And so number one, how dare we feel anything but happiness? And then how dare we eat <laughs> to soothe that emotion? But soothing our emotions through food can really actually be a good thing. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Whenever I tell that to people, they look at me cross-eyed and they're like, but Beth or but Tammy. <laughs> This is not a good thing. My emotional eating has led to this problem, this problem, this problem. It leads to a whole bunch of guilt and a side dish of shame. And how could this ever be good? Right, right. So I think what we want to show you today or talk about today and let you draw your own conclusions is that it's this opportunity to soothe our emotions with food is just done by intelligent design. Okay. So in other words, you need something to soothe emotions. All of us do as humans, we look for ways to feel better, right? And food can make us feel better. So can watching TV. So can drinking a beer. So can talking to a good friend. So can, and the list goes on and on and on. So when we reframe and we discover that soothing emotions with food is just one of many coping tools, it starts to decrease the power of that activity or the power of that soothing tool, food, as a form of soothing. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to just point out here, and I know, Tammy, you would agree, is that soothing emotions with food is done by intelligent design, meaning it's not a bad thing. It was probably a tool that we discovered some point early on, right? And it was easy and accessible, right? We have to eat to live. And we discover that when we eat, it makes us feel better. So we made this connection likely at a very young age for good reason that food soothes us, mm -hmm. right? And wow, isn't that cool? Again, this is a reframe. Oh, this isn't so bad. Actually, this is pretty cool because now we have this opportunity to use food to help us feel better when maybe we didn't have access to a good friend, to a comforting parent, to another source of soothing that just wasn't available in the moment. Thank God we had food. Yeah, I can definitely attest to this with my upbringing and that. For me, I grew up lower income and I am so grateful for my upbringing, first and foremost, I want to say. But for me, what I had in my upbringing always was food. 
like inequitably that was available. We always had access to food. And I am so grateful to my parents for giving that to me and and for being willing to get support and, and things like that. But for me, that was what I had access to. I always had food. So food really became like my anchor. And then into my adulthood, when I was getting into my professional work and having kids and, 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 and had <laughs> this big long list of responsibilities and, and things that I had to do, that, that I had to, in reality, I chose to do. But what would happen is that for me at nighttime was when I could finally relax and I could eat. And that's how I was able to relax that nervous system and have all of those emotions that were kind of spinning around, just relax and be able to even sleep. And I want to highlight though, that there was a turning point for me, which was where it almost made me crazy that I kept doing this. You know, I was really falling into this shame cycle because I thought, oh, don't do this anymore. (laughs) Just go to bed. Don't keep staying up late and eating food and don't do this. And I would wake up the next morning thinking I just, I was so wrong for doing that. And so if you relate to this story, what I'd like to just kind of repeat from what Beth has said is that there was nothing wrong with this. I was honoring my biological needs and intelligence system that was designed to support me because had I not utilized food for coping with my emotions, what else could I have used? that could have actually had a lot of more negative health detriments. And now, of course, I'm much more versed in recognizing the signs of, oh, I need emotional support. I have emotions. This is what my emotions are guiding me towards. And it may or may not be food now. There's a whole other toolbox of options available. But in the moment, it's okay. And we just want to really normalize that it's okay. Yeah. And I think that really answers the question that I know a lot of listeners are thinking. It's like, okay, fine. I'll get on board with this whole thing that food can be, you know, food to soothe emotions can be okay. And it's not serving me best. Like I'm eating things that don't serve my body. I feel ill. I don't feel well. I still have guilt. Like, what do I do with that? And I, and this leads us to asking a journal question that you can utilize to really explore this for yourself. So if you have a pen and paper and you're not driving, (laughs) you can write this down or come back to the podcast later to get it. But just start to discover through a journaling prompt this following question. If food is just one coping strategy for soothing my emotions, just one, what other strategies might I lean into in the future? How can I set up my environment so food isn't my first go-to soothing strategy? Thank you for that awesome journaling prompt, Beth. As you know, of course, I, I love journaling. And so through that, I would love to dive into kind of the second reason why we may eat um, when we're not hungry. And here it is. It's simple. It's just a habit. It's purely a habit. And habits come from our brain, okay? But if you are somebody who has been eating emotionally over and over and over and over again for whatever the, the reason is, It could simply be that this is just a habit and you've developed this on a very brain-based level. And it could be a habit too in terms of, oh, you see it there and it's there. And so you just eat it. 
I know that for some time, my husband used to joke around about how he's on the seafood diet because he would seafood and he would just eat it, right? I know that's, <laughs> everyone kind of jokes around about that from time to time, but it is very true. Our eating behaviors can be quite habitual, just like brushing teeth, drinking coffee, what we buy at the grocery store, the clothes that we wear, the thoughts that we have. I mean, everything can be a habit. So really just understanding that this can be really just on autopilot. We're almost making these decisions, not consciously. We're making these decisions subconsciously. So Beth, add on here, help me out here. Well, and it also goes to say, like when we eat a meal, we eat meals maybe three times a day. That becomes in its own way, a habit. And we oftentimes, you know, maybe we had a really big breakfast and lunch. We're not even hungry for dinner, but we eat anyway. Because it's a habit, because it's a thing we do, right? We don't question it. We just do it. And that can, for some individuals, maybe you listening here, yeah, well, why do I eat dinner when I'm not hungry? Well, because dinner is a habit that you formulated over the years. Again, not wrong. We oftentimes, and I think this is really fun to get your head wrapped around this concept, but habits don't have to mean anything. Mm-hmm. But we as humans make them mean something. And oftentimes when it comes to food and eating when we're not hungry, if we're doing it out of habit, then it's a bad habit. I'm in this bad habit of eating at night. I'm in a bad habit of eating when I walk in, you know, walk by my kitchen and there's a bowl of chocolate. And we start to give the habits this negative connotation or this negative meaning about who we are because we do that thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because habits are just habits and they're just brain-based, they're just formed after repeating an activity over and over and over again, recognizing that they're just habits and they don't mean anything about us Mm -hmm. is a great way to start breaking those habits down and shifting them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Habits are shifted through willpower they're shifted in a completely different way. Yeah, absolutely. I love that just kind of highlighting that we need to neutralize the meaning of our habits, right? So you may begin noticing, oh, okay, I can see how this might be a habit, but it doesn't mean anything about you. It's not bad. So just neutralize that it's a habit, (laughs) okay? And then from there, we can start really intentionally shifting the habit. Now, I must say that before we go into talking about how to shift a habit here on just a really quick breakdown is that in order to shift a habit, you do need to have adequate nourishment. So shifting habits cannot be from a place of desiring restriction because your body's biological desire for nourishment will take over. And we'll basically force the habit to continue. Um, So we're really talking about if you're noticing that you're eating out of habit, not because of listening to your body's signals that it could be giving you, this is a way to shift out of those habitual eating habits. So Beth, would you like to walk us through how somebody could really shift a habit if they're noticing this is happening for them? Yeah. So when we want to shift a habit, it's again and I'll repeat because it's worth repeating, is that willpower doesn't work. It's not a long-term strategy for shifting habits. So what I'm about to share with you, again, you can write it down uh, because this is a strategy that actually works with the brain to shift a habit versus working against it, okay? So 
As Tammy mentioned, we're neutralizing the habit first by simply stating the following. And we can state, I dismiss this habit of eating when I'm not needing nourishment. It's not who I am. Okay. I dismiss this habit of eating when I'm not needing nourishment. It's not who I am. Number two, the second statement we can make, or we do make, is this urge will go away when I dismiss it. Number three, it's just my habit voice. It's not me. Now, notice how number three, we neutralize. It's just a habit voice. It's not who you are. You are not your habits. And really let that sink in. You are not your habits. Once we start to personalize our habits and make them mean something about us, that's when they get, quote unquote, hard to shift, right? So we're really neutralizing it through that third statement. The fourth statement is, I choose to dismiss the urge of this habit voice now. Number five, and the final step is, I move my attention. And at this point, we want you to consider moving your attention to a new productive activity or thing. So let's just quickly walk through like what this might look like. If you're someone who every time you see food, you eat it, even if you're not hungry, right? You're on that seafood diet Tammy mentioned. Mm-hmm. You might be in your kitchen, you know, making dinner, right? And you're not hungry yet, but there's a bowl of chips on the counter. Okay. You're not really hungry for them. You're excited about your meal. And you know that the chips in that moment are not really needed for nourishment. Okay. You can simply say the following I dismiss this habit of eating these chips because I really don't need them. It's not who I am. The urge for these chips will go away when I dismiss it. This desire to eat chips right now is just my habit voice. It's not who I am. I choose to dismiss the urge to eat these chips and the habit voice now. And I'm going to move my attention as the final step. I'm going to move my attention to cooking my dinner and enjoying that experience. And then you repeat this process as needed over and over again. Yep. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Beth. And I know that it can seem questionable of, is it really that easy? (laughs) And I just want to assure you that it can be. It will take some intentional practice to practice that and do it over and over and over again. But then you'll soon recognize that those quote unquote urges and cravings and and those kind of things, they're just subsided. They're no longer present when you really put this into practice. So try it out, see what happens for you. Beth and I, of course, would love to hear about that. Really quick, we are going to take a break from this episode because I want to check in with you. And thank you so much for taking precious time out of your day to listen in here. I know you're listening because there's some part of you looking for answers as it relates to food, your body, your health, or even your mental well-being. And I'm curious, are you finding the answers you came for? If you're like most of the women I work with, you have been searching for some time and You've been down the road of wishing and hoping for far too long. So you want concrete answers. So here are your choices. You can stay being an avid listener, finding your answers in a DIY style, or if you're done with DIYs and guidance with no outcomes, please click the link in the description to visit my services page 
Here you will discover a variety of options from a free Facebook community to a highly immersive group program. Whatever you need, I've got you. I would love to move on to our third tip on why we may be eating when we're not hungry. And this is probably one of my favorites to talk about. And that is a lack of vitamin S. Now, you're probably thinking, wait a minute, what is vitamin S? (laughs) You're probably very nutrition astute and you've heard of vitamin D, vitamin C, you know, all of these other ones. And you're thinking, wait a minute, what is vitamin S? Do they know about some brand new vitamin that just was released? Well, yes and no. Vitamin S is vitamin satisfaction, okay? So if you are spending your day eating all of the foods you quote unquote should, or you've spent a good portion of your life eating all of the foods you should, but you're not really enjoying them, and they're not bringing you satisfaction, there's going to be a calling inside of you, inside your body, inside of you that says, I need satisfaction. So even though I've eaten the chicken salad that satisfied my fullness, I am not satisfied. And your body will say, I need something else. And this is what I need. And that voice can get really loud. So it's quite a good idea to just listen to that voice sooner than later before it has to start screaming. Yeah. And I would say, Tammy, I really, really lacked vitamin S in my life (laughs) when I was deeply entrenched in diet culture and really struggling with food and, and finding myself eating when I wasn't really hungry. And it had everything to do with not consuming enough vitamin satisfaction. And notice the play on words there, but we hope that you recognize like satisfaction is such a pivotal and important part of your eating experience. When we don't feed and nourish ourselves, both from that nutrition standpoint, you know, getting our proteins and our carbs and our fats and all the things, if we don't also satisfy that emotional component of eating, we're going to be left in the dust. We're going to be left wanting and needing more. So Mm -hmm. for me at the time, and this may or may not resonate, but for me at the time, I was getting a lot of that, like really um, it's really well marketed, low calorie, low fat ice cream. Like that's what I would treat myself to in in the evenings. We mm-hmm. did, we did a whole episode on ice cream, by the way, but I would treat myself to these really like not very tasty, but they kind of met my should, you know, they met my shoulds. They were low in calories, low in fat, all the things that I was trying to do, but I, they didn't really taste like, the Ben and Jerry's or the Godiva or whatever other brand really is rich Haagen-Dazs, right? They didn't Beth, have. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Beth, but did you know that there's a new flavor of ice cream out from Noosa, like the brand who makes yogurt that's the best yogurt in the world? They now make ice cream. Sorry to digress on ice cream. Now keep talking about what we were talking about. <laughs> well, I will say, like, I would never in the past, probably even entertain eating Nusa because it has so much more fat than all the other yogurts and ice creams, right? So this is where I was at mentally, right? And so because I chose these low calorie kind of plastic foods is what I call them. They just weren't the real thing. I always craved more. 
it was like my intellectual side was like, oh, well, you got the ice cream you wanted, but really mentally and emotionally, I did not get the ice cream I wanted. And so I found myself still hungry, right? Mm -hmm. I was unsatisfied and I needed to satisfy that satisfaction factor and get more vitamin S. Yep. Yep. And here's the cool thing. Once I started giving myself vitamin S and eating foods that really deeply satisfied me, not only from a nutrition standpoint, but from, uh, you know, an emotional standpoint, even I stopped eating when I wasn't hungry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got, I got what I wanted. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the only way you can really fulfill your needs for vitamin S would be to eat the foods that deeply satisfy you. And naturally, you will begin having more of the foods that your body physically needs as well. So you kind of fill all of the buckets. All right. Well, that is it for today's episode. Thank you for being with us. And your transformational takeaway for today is that you are human and therefore eating when you're not hungry is quite normal. A few of the reasons that this could be happening is from a need to soothe your emotions because it is just a habit or because you are lacking vitamin S. Thank you for being with us today. Much love, everybody. Thank you so much for listening in and being a part of the Love Your Food, Love Yourself, Love Your Life podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this episode as much as I have, and I would love nothing more than to connect with you in other ways as well. So click the link in the description to visit youressentialdietitian.com slash services and discover how we may do that. Again, thank you for being here. Much love.